Welcome to Snapback and Roll, a podcast about accidentally reading the wrong game for your prep and making a major game design breakthrough. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we're going to be talking about fiasco, reflections, and a secret combination of them that James hasn't told me about. I do want to talk about reflections and fiasco and hacking okay. them. Okay. And um, I don't know. Let's just jump in. So like, <laughs> I, I, are we recording? Sorry, I guess we can be. Yeah, we can okay. be recording. So like, I guess I didn't really tell you what we were talking about other than that it's about fiasco and reflections. Yeah. You sent me a message that a while back that was, hey, do you want to do an episode on fiasco? And I said, yeah, that sounds great. And then you sent me a message like, Three days later that said, hey, turns out I read Reflections instead of Fiasco. We had talked about it. Well, yeah. So we had, we had talked about it at the <laughs> end then, of the last episode. And then like episode. three days later you told me. <laughs> and then I said I had read Fiasco. And you're like, I've read both of them and we have a new topic, but it's a secret and I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> so here, <laughs> and we're going to get to the secret later. Okay. And I, I didn't quite get as much work done on it as I wanted. Okay. But I have a rough concept. All right. And, and the beginning of that concept is that. I, my hypothesis, and this worked out so well last episode, okay. where everything I thought was wrong, okay, um, is that Fiasco and Reflections are kind of fundamentally the same game. Okay, interesting. I I can see where you're going with this a little bit. Um, so let's just quickly intro the two games. Sure, sure, sure. Reflections is a samurai game by jim mcclure uh, it's, it's jim mcclure uh, lovely lovely podcaster and game writer jim mcclure uh of uh the talking tabletop fame yeah. and uh satanic panic yeah and the one shot network and the, yes member of the one shot network um and so it is a game about two it's a two-player game about dueling samurai yeah, it's a very cool thing. It goes through essentially the history that you had with this other samurai and ends with one of your characters' death. And and then Fiasco, which is the game by Jason Morningstar and Steve Segetti. Um and it's a it's it's not a two-player game. It's a multiple person player game. Yes. And um and it's you play a kind of like heist fiasco. <laughs> Yeah, it's it really has the feel of a Coen Brothers movie. Uh that it is these incompetent characters that are getting in way over their head and having things just disastrously explode all around them. Yeah. And it it has actually a very cool system in it that like the Coen Brothers movies, characters that have been doing well near the beginning tend to be punished later on. Yeah. And like, you know, everyone gets punished the way that they should get punished. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and so I think I think that I didn't quite initially start thinking and it feels very convenient that I mistakenly read the wrong book to talk for, okay. talk about for this podcast. And then ultimately, I sort of decided that they were very similar. Yeah. And they were very and, and, and where we're going to get to is that they're very similar in a way that I like and that I've sort of written bits and pieces of a concept for a game. If you had like accidentally read the Barefoot Contessa's <laughs> Cooking for Jeffrey... Would you be saying that Reflections and Cooking for Jeffrey are two very similar books? I don't books? think so. Okay. <laughs> but I think that Reflections is a game that has a world of hacks. So okay, maybe, okay. Or settings, at least. Yeah, and Fiasco certainly has mm -hmm. an absurd amount of of hacks and settings and things like that written yeah. by 
everybody. There are there are more there are more fiasco playsets than there are lasers and feeling sacks. Yeah. So, so I want to run through the core mechanic for reflections. Okay. And talk about that a little bit. Great. And so, in my notes, I wrote down that the sort of the the core. Th- so the so for those of you who are totally unfamiliar with reflections, here's kind of roughly how reflections works. You play two samurai. You you and the other person both describe your samurai. There's a lot of stuff in the book that are ritualistic frameworks mm-hmm. for uh, literal things like sentences that you start and th- that the game starts for you and then you finish, which help build this world. It was a time of podcasting with <laughs> swords. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you start to do scenes. And mm-hmm. for each of those scenes, each player goes in with a secret goal. Mm-hmm. And those goals, there's a, there's a wide range of them, and there's more difficult ones, there's less difficult ones. I think the least difficult one is one that you actually get to set yourself. And they are, they are goals like get the other samurai to promise you something, get them to break a previously made promise, get them yeah. to give you something. And the scenes that you're going through are specifically scripted in a specific order. Yeah, we sh- I should actually probably explain that. So you start the game with the framework of you are two dueling samurai in a battle to the death, like on the hilltop somewhere or on a battlefield. And then you immediately start flashing back to earlier scenes where the two of you were friends or how you, you build your relationship. Yeah. And the final scene ends essentially at the beginning. Yeah. And so you're playing through these scenes in the past and each of the scenes takes the form of you, you pick a goal, which then informs things that you have to try to do in this role-playing scene. And you're just having a sort of social role-playing scene where each of you are trying to achieve a goal. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the scene, you determine, you each determine whether or not you achieved your goal. Um, and whether or not you did determines how much, what, what kind of dice you get. Yes. And so if you succeed, so like the difficulties of the goals are tied to the amount of dice you will get if you succeed with the goal. Yeah, you're basically building up a big pile of D6 in front of you. Yeah. With an additional pile of D6 that are hatred dice for if you lose. Yeah, you get I think if you lose the hatred die are the your opponent's, your opponent's dice. Yeah. Uh whether or not they succeeded or not. Um so actually that's that's really interesting that if you fail but like you pick an easy thing, you can actually end up getting more dice if your opponent picked a hard thing. I believe so, but hatred dice yeah they're weird are they they have their own little mechanic at the yeah. end yeah and so you're kind of you're playing through these scenes through the framework of the game gives you and you're getting dice at the end of each of these scenes and you're building up a pool and then when you've gone through all of the scenes you frame the final sequence again you do the ritualistic words that you spoke at the beginning you roll your die the mechanics of the game tell you who won who died. Uh, whether or not you both died, you both survived, whatever the outcome of the battle is, and then you role play out that scene. Yeah. And so... And I think this is where I'm going to start to maybe get into the fact that that, that Fiasco and this game are very similar, which is that you are... You're you're doing a role-playing scene, Mm -hmm. and then you're engaging a mechanic. And then you're doing a role-playing scene, and then you're engaging a mechanic. And then at certain set points during that... You engage a larger mechanic, which then informs story elements. Yes, absolutely. So and it is sort there, of... yeah, there there isn't a moment that you go in the middle of the scene. Um, I grab the sword from him, 
and then you say, okay, better make an opposed dexterity check. Yeah. And go through a whole bunch of rolling. It's just the fiction is what is said out loud. And and so I think that that's really that's a really interesting framework. Yeah. And and uh and I and I like I I have joked about making so many different uh reflection hacks because the game just like I think it it just is is asking for it in a way that only a few other types of games really are. It's just it's it's a game that is a it is about conflict. Yeah. And in in, it, in its form in the book, it's about samurai conflict, but I don't think mm-hmm. it needs to be about samurai conflict. Yeah. And because there are no mechanics for like stealing the sword, there's just did I achieve the goal or not? Right. There's so many things you can change the setting. You could change what the goals are. You could tweak the rewards. I, I've kind of been toying with whether or not I think you can play reflections with more than one, more than two people. Interesting. And whether or not that would really just spiral things out of control. It would definitely fundamentally change the game mm-hmm. because it is, it is fundamentally a really intimate two player game. Um, I played with friend of the show, uh, Rob, which actually that is a huge category. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Rob knows who he is. Um, and it was a really intense thing. We were hanging out, um, it was me, it was, it was us and our wives, and we were just like hanging out talking, and then Rob and I were kind of sitting on the side because they were talking about stuff that we didn't really have a lot of input on, and then we were just like, hey, you want to go to the other room and play Reflections? And we were in the other room just like talking, and like our vo- apparently our voices got like really raised because we were kind of yelling <laughs> at each other at a couple points. And when we came out, we just both looked just devastated because it was a really, really sad ending. Mm-hmm. It was, it's a fantastic game. I really recommend it. Yeah. And so, so I guess the, the two things that I always think about with reflections that I think are the, that are interesting to tweak are the number of people, Yeah, which would be, I'd have to play it because like, I haven't yeah. played it, but I would like to see how it plays with two people and then maybe try it with more. Um, and the other thing that I, that I've, that I, I, that I think would be interesting would be a way to check in with that final battle sequence more than just at the beginning at the end. Okay. Like maybe like, so we'll get there in a little bit, but like fiasco has a, as a, as a sequence in the middle where you do the tilt yes. and that changes things cause it adds more stuff to the story. And in, in fiasco, it's all chronological, Yeah, but you could jump into I wonder if you could jump into the into back to the battle sequence, narrate some of the opening blows, roll the dice you have right there, mm. and see where things are standing and then, like, to begin. Reposition the battle a little bit, and then flash back more. Interesting. Rerolling them all again at the end for the final conflict. Well, even if you're not rerolling it, maybe just jotting down the numbers that you mm-hmm. rolled, because that would at least let you know kind of where things are starting to head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I think that that of that knowing how the battle is progressing as you were going through these scenes would really change the way you were role playing or should. No. Yeah. I don't know that it would, but it might change just kind of the construction of the, like, you know, the movie you're watching in your mind, mm-hmm. which is neat. And so I think the thing that interests me about reflections and that, and is, it, what makes it a game that I want to hack a lot is yeah. that it is a game more than, I mean, so it's a game that encourages role-playing and 
has mechanics that follow that. Yeah. And almost throughout the entirety of the game, the role-playing informs the mechanics. And it isn't until the end where the the, the mechanics inform the role-playing. Yeah, that's interesting. You kind of build a you build a tower of your narration mm-hmm. and then go, all right, now what? And and so that's that is what makes it powerful, I think. Yeah. And, and so and I think that's probably why jumping back to the battle in the middle would just sort of release some of that pressure yeah, in a way might. that might not be great. Um You also gain more information. Mm-hmm. Like uh in Rob in the game that I had with Rob, uh we didn't know at the until like the second to last scene that my character had been like just tortured by demons for like five years. <laughs> so like when he yeah. went into the fight, like a big part of it was that he was just like a devastated person. Yeah. 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 Because of the, the chronology is weird. But yeah. But yeah. So I, I like that it's a game where, and, and, and like you've seen more modern games like, Powered by the Apocalypse games. Yeah. Where you have actions and those actions that you do in the game inform mechanics. Mm-hmm. But I think to say that that every like that that nobody is looking at their their playbook going, ah, I can do this thing if only I do it in the story, and then trying to do that thing in the story to trigger the thing on their playbook. Yeah. Is is kind of like I mean that that happens. That absolutely happens. You you definitely have people going. Oh, I took the bull in a china shop move. Therefore, yeah. I am going to destroy everything around yeah. me. Yeah, and so I think Reflections does try to really get out of the way. Yeah. And and be a framework for a story. And it, yeah. and it has a rich world, and the book is really cool, and the art is fantastic and everything, but props to you, Jim. Um, and, and so I think that's interesting. I think that's an interesting way to think about games that we don't, because like a lot of us do come from a... Uh, background, a history of wargaming and things where you have you have miniatures and you have mechanics and then you build stories around those things. Yeah, well, I think one thing that's interesting is kind of looking at looking at kind of the ancestry of one of these books because Reflections comes from, in part, the work of Toby Abad's A Single Moment, which is also a samurai dueling game. And that, I believe, also was taking nods from Fiasco. Hmm. And I think that that, because Fiasco is an enormous game, everybody yeah. should read Fiasco and, and should play Fiasco. And that kind of, I believe, traces some back to my life with Master and some of those early storytelling games mm-hmm. that were going really far away from the wargaming background. Like, if you, I mean, if you look at Reflections and you look at wargaming... They're so divorced from each other at this point that, yeah. like, it, it seems like it's an entirely different ancestry. It's, like it's a completely it's different interesting beast. because it is it is a it is a branch of gaming of the of the game design industry that has really, like you said, progressed like in t- and, and in many ways intentionally tried to break from that war yeah. gaming community. And reflections could could almost very easily be a LARP. Oh yeah, like because because it's got that it's. It's got oh, that story fo- story forward mechanics second uh, point of view where it gives you some premises, it tells you some things about your characters, and then says, go play a scene. Yeah, that would be so much fun. I would play Reflections as a LARP. Yeah. Although it would be intense. There'd be so much bleed. 
I, I don't know that I could handle it. I yeah. I left it going like, I'm so glad I played. I'm going to play again only with people I know and trust. Yeah. Um, I have some samurai swords. Uh, we are not if... playing reflections as a LARP with samurai swords. They're not real swords. I have, okay. I have some shinai, some training swords Okay. from back when I used to do kendo. So in that case, I will absolutely play samurai with you. Um, so <laughs> is, is that bonus content? Maybe for Patreon. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. That feels a little too silly. I don't know if I'm up for it. Um, maybe it's a goal. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that would be. It would be really cool to see. <laughs> like on just a random tangent. Um, when you go to when you go to like a kendo competition, there's part of kendo that is the actual sport, the fencing. Yeah. And there's there's the the kata, the stuff that's sort of associated, but it's it's the um it's orchestrated moves. Okay. And so you and so they the people who perform them are usually the older members of the group. Okay. Uh the the elder sort of training the trainers and what they're doing is they're 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 showing off who can go through these moves and it's in pairs in the most elegant and like fluid way that yeah. looks the least like this is a prescribed series of actions and that it's more like a snapshot of an actual fight. Yeah. And so it would be really interesting to to actually almost do that. That come would up be with very some, cool. someone who knew about that and could could um, figure out which of the different like kata you have to do to play different scenes or to, yeah. to set up different scenes or to do the final battle. Yeah, based off of the roles or something that you get because be the, with the kata cool. there's always a winner and a loser. Yeah, um, that would be very interesting and yeah. and to see some people who are really good at kendo do that would be phenomenal. Right. Although, although I, I will correct your terminology in kendo, I believe it's called a face and a heel. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I, I think that that's accurate. I'm almost positive. So now let's talk. To, <laughs> so now I'm sorry. So, that stupid joke came to my head, and I was like, so I now, just got to say it. So now let's talk about fiasco. <laughs> let's talk about fiasco. And and a lot of my notes about fiasco are sort of how it relates to to reflections and how it's different from reflections. Okay. And sort of to run through, and you'll have to correct me on this because I know about I know, I know about fiasco a little bit less than I know about reflections. Okay, I just don't know it as well as, as reflections. I've read reflections a bunch of times. Okay, um, but there's just more going on in fiasco. There's more yeah. moving parts. Fiasco's got is actually it's a, it's an elegant, tight little system, but it also has more going on in it than yeah. initially. Yeah, uh, like I bought I bought the book because uh, I didn't have a copy of it, and yeah. it is like I and I bought the fiasco companion, which is a whole bunch of other stuff uh so that's i'm gonna have to dig through that a little bit but so so you, the first thing you do is you choose a playset yes. because fiat because unlike reflections fiasco has a it's a more of a blank game it, it, it tells a, a concept of a story but doesn't tell you the details so i will say like reflections i think also could have the same sort of thing okay because essentially what what differs is what's in front of you. Because Reflections has a wrestling hack that was uh, done through the Kickstarter, mm -hmm. which just has different code goals set up and, and different goals. Okay. And so essentially with the playset, it's a similar sort of thing that it is like, we're playing suburban, uh, suburban adults that are bored. Yeah, okay. I can see that. And and so in the way that I sort of describe fate as being a game that helps you make a game mm -hmm. <laughs> to play, I think that's what the playset in Fiasco is in many ways. It's the okay. thing that helps you build the world, it builds the details. You roll a bunch of dice, you spend those dice to pick details and establish yeah. things and relationships about your characters. 
uh, so that the things that sort of that fiasco that the, the things that reflections gives you because it says here you're two samurai fiasco okay. gives you some options and lets you help helps you build toward characters that are that are right for the setting right although some of that is constructed just by rolling it and that is what it is yeah yeah I, which that's, is cool um yeah there's a lot of tables in fiasco yeah which are really fun I love and i've been i've been just like and that's what all the different play sets are they all yeah. just have different tables and stuff what's interesting is the that there are the things like the tilt and the aftermath are mm-hmm. not different tables though. Yes. they are always the same just in terms of character creation everybody has relationships to two other people at the table. Yeah. And there's like different items and different locations that are established and it's all put together by some of this mechanical rolling at the beginning and then making mm-hmm. decisions based on that. Yeah. And then coming out of that, you then go into a series of scenes mm-hmm. similar to what you will do in, in uh, reflections and, and really similar to what you do in everything. Yeah. Um, although there is a bit more of a formula yeah. uh, where it says like you go around in a circle and then I get to pick a scene and I'll pick a scene with one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, is it one person or is it multiple people? Can you include more than one or does it have to be? I actually am not sure. I know that frequently it's two people. I think that every scene that we played was two people. Okay. I don't know if that was required or not, if that was just by choice. It kind of makes it's sense. It's how I see a lot of people do it if I, li- yeah. when I listen to actual plays of it. So maybe it is. Uh, but either way, so you're playing through a scene and then, and, and when you establish a scene, this is the interesting thing, you, the outcome of the scene is that in the story, some either something your your character will come out on top, or they will something bad will happen to them. Yeah, and you can choose before you go into the scene to either role play to establish the scene, control the setting, control the the situation of who's where and what mm-hmm. is going to happen, and then at the end of playing through a scene, the other players at the table say you succeeded or you failed or yeah. like you came out on uh, on top or, or on the bottom. Was that good for you or bad for you? Yeah. Or you can go in and say, I don't care where the scene is. I just need something good to happen to my character. Yeah. And then someone else, the rest of the people at the table, will establish the scene for you. And I think it's really interesting. That, yeah, it's that, cool. You know, it's like... And so, and sort of in my notes, I had sort of written down that in 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 Reflections, it's, it's like if you did every scene where you were establishing the scene and then just sort of played to find out if you... If, and everyone else judged you. Yeah. It's a little bit more like that. But to think that you could... And that so going again, <laughs> jumping wildly back to uh, reflections, it would be interesting to say, I want to succeed at this tat, at this goal. And I don't know, I guess that wouldn't really And work. then like they decide what the goal was at the end of it. Uh, I don't, or just little... they get to choose the setting. Yeah, I don't know. And but... they would they would know going in what your goal was. So mm. They could choose their own goal that might mesh with it. Okay. Or clash with it, depending. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that would really work. I don't know if it would work or not either. But like, but it has that same structure of do some role play. Yeah. Receive a die. Yeah. And in this case, it has positive and negative dice. Yeah, and there's some, and there's some, there's some choices there you can tweak to either to con- to like sort of assure that you're going to get one die or the other. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about that, before we get to the tilt and the aftermath, okay. which are sort of the middle points is that unlike reflections where you're playing to a goal and I could like we could both play and I could pick the like the five die goal yeah. every time yeah and I could just keep succeeding at those and if and if I did I would just get a lot of dice you there's nothing there's no pool of die that stops me from achieving yeah. more dice but that's not true in fiasco there mm-hmm. is a set starting pool of dice you start with yeah and if you burn through all the good dice first then 
that's, everybody that's gets it. Bad Everyone dice. gets bad scenes from then on. Mm-hmm. And so that's really interesting because it's it is a countdown clock of sorts. Yeah. Uh, that's like that that's the language they actually use in the book that it's that you're counting down to these this big final event yeah and that if you push through just like all the bad stuff first uh you'll get it out of the way but then like i don't know it might be then all your then the other players will all just succeed at stuff yeah that maybe you don't want them to do but admittedly if one person is succeeding there's a fair chance the other person even though they're not receiving a die in the scene mm-hmm. is, is narratively yeah. failing yeah so that's interesting. And I thought that was interesting. And and um, that's another thing that I was thinking about bringing back to Reflections. That okay. I wonder if you could do it with a pool of dice. I don't know exactly how that would work. I guess it would have to be that there is a... I guess really what it would do is it would constrain later play. Yeah. So maybe you get to the end and it's like, guess what? You want to do that four die thing. But there are two dice in the middle. Yeah. So I don't know how much that would change things. Yeah, it probably... And it would that would be difficult to work around the hatred die thing. Yeah. Some of these ideas I'm coming up with That's <laughs> okay. this we're, game are garbage. We're throwing some spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, we're throwing That's some okay. spaghetti. So then let's get to the tilt. Okay. Because the tilt is what I was talking... Sort of the what I referenced cool. earlier um, about the, the flashback or change it, altering the flashback in Fiasco. But the tilt yeah. is is a thing where you stop in the middle of your your heist game or mm-hmm. your your story and you you roll some dice and based off of those rolls i believe it's the highest whoever rolls the highest and whoever rolls the lowest i think so yes. they get to they get to pick some fiasco stuff yeah <laughs> to, to to change and spiral the story out of control yes or begin to right so you start off there's a uh, some dice in the middle and you choose one of the dice and that gives you the broad category mm-hmm so for example, so the categories are mayhem, tragedy, innocence, guilt, paranoia, and failure, and those are numbered one to six. Then I believe the other player chooses a different die one to six. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess a different die that's in front of them, mm-hmm. and that will tell them a thing from that list. So there might not be a four in front of you, and so if mayhem was the category, they can't choose magnificent self-destruction. But if there's a three, they could choose a dangerous animal, perhaps metaphorical, gets loose. So, like, if you're playing a game that you are doing, uh, that you're doing, like... Zookeepers. Zookeepers. Yeah. Then that can be a dangerous animal that is a, that is a rhino. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing Star Wars... Still... It could be... A dangerous animal. A dangerous animal still... It's a rancor, but it's a rancor, uh, or it's a it, it's a it's a guy who's wanted in twelve star systems. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. It can, and so, like, basically, what happens when the tilt is chosen is that is now narratively part of the story. Yeah. So then, so that so you establish those facts. Yeah. You go back to doing your scenes. You yeah. rejoin your scene rotation. Only now the things that we established as part of the tilt are true. Right. There's and, a rancor going through your small suburban town. Yeah. And and so that that, that affects so that is that is kind of where I started thinking about, oh, could you check back in with the battle? I think it doesn't quite okay. work as well in reflections yeah. because of the temporal issues. Yeah. But it's interesting. It definitely is. And so you play the rest of your scenes, because again, you're mm-hmm. you're working toward this countdown clock of the number of dice that are left in the center of the table. Yeah. And then when you get to the end, everyone has dice in front of them. Mm-hmm. 
good dice and bad dice. Uh, and then you do the aftermath, yes. which is like the big role that's sort of at the end of Reflections in that you've been telling this narrative story and the mechanics sort of pop their head and they tweak things in the middle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you keep telling your story and then it keeps giving you dice. And now you roll all your dice at the end and then the mechanics tell you how everything went. Yeah, it's basically an epilogue for each of the characters. Yeah. Um, There are two like kind of big aftermath tables. One of them is the core table. And one of them is the we're telling a lighter story table. Yeah. Uh, and we actually, I think we may have even talked about this in like episode one or two, that when I played Fiasco, we used the wrong table. And so our, <laughs> our like. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it your like. Yeah. Our friendly story, like, your about, light story like, about high schoolers turned about high dark. <laughs> turned real dark and we ended up with like someone in jail and yeah, someone murdered. I remember that. It was. Yeah, that was. And so choosing the right one for the story you're telling is important. Yeah. But that's more or less the same the same thing. Let me see. So you have all these dice and there's good things and bad things that happen to you and then the table is broken down into like here's all like the white dice of each of these numbers triggers one of these things and the black die of each of these numbers triggers this thing and then like yeah. you go through all your dice and explain what happened to your character. Yeah, exactly. Um and more or less what you're doing is you do get one single aftermath for each character. Mhm. Um, and so what you theoretically want is a high black die number or a high white die number. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you get in the middle, the like the zero option is the worst thing in the universe. <laughs> okay. That begins, this probably doesn't include death since death would be way better than whatever this oh, is. Oh God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and we had someone with a zero. Oh so, no. Yeah, it, it wasn't what we were going for. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. And then, yeah, and then you just, then you just epilogue. Yeah. And so each person just says, this is what happened to my character. And you slowly go through your dice, which gives you like, like four mini scenes, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's cool. It's interesting because it, it is, it is, it is you telling a story about what happens to your character, which, so it's a little different than the character's. Like you playing the final reflection scene. Yeah. Because it's not collaborative at that point. It yeah. is just you telling what's happened to your character. Uh, but it is interesting and it and it is it is it is that the 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 ugly face of the mechanic rearing its head mm-hmm. again at the end, uh, and paying you back for all the role playing you did. Yeah. And the reflections I think in reflections the winner narrates the final scene. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Check, yeah. Uh and the winner definitely rips up the losers. Uh, piece of paper character sheet, sheet, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. very important. So, so now there's a secret. <laughs> yeah. So in front of us, we have we have two games. Okay. We have two games that are fundamentally about a story. Okay. And that they have a they have a light mechanical system. Yeah. And that kind of tells you what to do. Yeah. And gets out of the way. Yes. And then you check back in with it at regular occasions and you build up a pool of die. Okay. And then with re- with reflections, it's just you all you all those die get used up at the same time at the end. And with fiasco, you kind of use them a little bits and pieces through the way or for, okay. the, for the tilt and then for the stuff at the end. Yeah. Um, and and so I sort of started thinking because this has been a thing that I've been searching for for a while. What if we cut out the center of 50 pages of one and stick it in the other? No, 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 no. no. Okay. No. What if what if you were doing other things than just than just the role playing 
for the scenes. Okay. So take 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 Reflections for example. Okay. Reflections is a game that tells that has a framework for a story. It has a it has a ritual a bunch of rituals to do. Yeah. What if you started playing Reflections? Yeah. But then when you went into those scenes, you actually played like Legend of the Five Rings or some oh, samurai okay. game that had that had mechanics and you yeah. had a GM maybe, or maybe you were playing it GMless. Okay. And you're playing through those scenes and there's like there's actual like dice you have to roll to steal swords and stuff. Yeah. But in the back of your head, you do have that goal that, that is the thing. thing you're trying to achieve. Interesting. And then you break in the way that people break between scenes in a in a in a sort of more traditional yeah. uh, mechanics forward game yeah and then you pay you pay out the reflections mechanic and then you move on to the next scene which is a different period of the the character's lives yeah and you play through and 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 so you can kind of if you just say the storytelling part which doesn't have any mechanics for reflections Mm -hmm. other than that just there's a goal in the back of your head that you're trying to achieve and and you you say (laughs) and you can't kill characters and you say just let, let let's just do this like, could you take if you were playing Legend of the Five Rings? Yeah. Could you take the reflection, the reflection structure, structure and structure a game, uh, like a, a session of that game, and play it with reflections in the background? That's really interesting. I could see that working because something that I've been searching for, yeah, is a way to take a set of mechanics and mm-hmm. lay them over a game you are already playing for yeah. a period of time. Yeah. To play a body swap game. <laughs> Wait. I really feel like you're writing two different things right now. Nope. Because I'm I, writing a body swap game. Because I think you could do a body swap game with reflections. Nope. I really think you could. <laughs> so here is how I see a body swap game working. You have... James, again. <laughs> So every body swap story fundamentally works the same way. Yeah. You have characters who are at odds with each other. Okay. They switch bodies. They they have to li- they are forced for a period of time to live each other's lives. They 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 sort of are troubled by this. They accept it. They reject that something happens. They come into conflict conflict with each other. They okay. reject it. They try to ruin each other's lives. Yeah. They learn something from being the other person. They help the other person achieve a goal that that is what they are trying to achieve. That is the thing that they are trying to achieve, okay. which is difficult for them because they are at odds with that character. Okay. And then in realizing something about themselves and about the other person that they hate, they sw- they trigger the thing at the end, which switches them back, and they yeah. go about their lives. And that is how every body swap episode plays out. I mean, you're out. not wrong. And so I, I don't think you're wrong about the construction of a body swap <laughs> episode. I think you're approaching this in the most backwards, <laughs> freaky Friday way you possibly could. It is could. possible because here's, here's, okay. the, here's my problem. Okay. This is why I had to do it this way. Because okay. the thing that is great about like a body swap episode of a television show yeah. is that you know the characters already. Okay. And 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 movies are kind of their own thing, but the but body swap movies well, tend to play to tropes. Like yeah. Freaky Friday, like those characters are very tropey characters. Yeah. And so the thing that is and so so I didn't want to just make a game that is play body swap because because you need to have those you either need to play super tropey yeah. or you need to play it with with established characters. Okay. And I did kind of want to lean more toward 
a body swap episode of a television show okay. than of a than a movie that's dedicated to it. Okay. And so I wanted you to be able to see. Here's a f- rules framework to lay on top of your standard game that you're playing, regardless of system. Okay. And so what I needed was a set of rules that informed the framework of the story you're telling, but then get out of the way <laughs> to okay. let you play the typical game that you were playing, but check in every once in a while to build up to that big finale. Okay. And that do that quickly enough and that does that quickly enough to finish in one session. Should you okay. want to. Okay. Now I see what you're doing. Yeah. Is you're creating the reflections. You're creating essentially a reflection script. Yeah. In terms of the scenes that you do. And you're putting it into the middle of your D&D game. Mm-hmm. Because two of the characters body swap. Yes. Okay. And I think that it can, and I, and I like, I, I, there are a lot of elements of fiasco that I want to pull in here. Okay. Like, I like the idea that there's, there's usually a time in every body swap episode or movie where the characters, they, they give up trying to just perfectly portray the other player or yeah. their character and try to go back to being themselves or subvert the character that yeah. is that, 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 that the, the other person is and try to be more like themselves. Yeah. And so like that's sort of to me is like the tilt. That's like okay. the big dramatic event in the middle. Yeah. But you are playing toward a big finale sequence where you're trying to learn something. Yeah. And so it feels a little bit more to, but but because what triggers it is not usually just the end of the episode but because they've right. learned something about themselves and about the other player or about the other person, the character. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um that feels a little bit more like there's a clock which is what, or like a countdown clock, which okay. is what the the die pool in the middle of Fiasco is. Well, I mean, Reflections also essentially has a countdown clock. It's just a little bit more formulated. Because you know it has five scenes. Because I also, I, the other thing was I didn't want to prescribe five scenes. I didn't okay. want to, I wanted oh, right, to be able to basically. To play the game essentially. Because cause the other thing is, and, and I'm not sure that this works, but I okay. don't want to necessarily, like that works in reflections because there are two players. Yeah. But if we're playing a five person game of D and D, I don't want to derail the whole game to focus on two characters. Right. I I mean, obviously a body swap episode, a body swap episode of your typical D and D game will probably focus on those characters because, because they've body swapped and that's a big deal. I think also like a D and D game body swapping isn't necessarily cool. Yeah. Cause that's basically swap your character sheets and keep playing the game. Cause you're just killing monsters. But, like, if you were playing Monster Hearts or Urban Shadows yeah. or Masks, then, like, that is more about that social yeah. drama. And so what I haven't... So, uh, to that point, what I yeah. haven't quite gotten to yet is what you bring with you when you body swap. There's There's got to be a set of rules for that, like... And that would depend game And that to would game, depend definitely. game to game. And so I, I think there's a framework for there for that, and I yeah. think that there's a way to do that, but I'm going to worry about that later. Okay. What I wanted was a way for two players to have a body swap occur or more because yeah. I think you can do more. Oh yeah, this. absolutely. And, and that have that be able to basically keep playing your typical game. Okay. But have this going on in the background. So I didn't okay. want prescri- a prescribed set of scenes. I wanted to just have like you were playing scenes like you would in any other game. Okay. Just between them, you pause and you exchange die. Okay. I c- you know what I think could be a thing with this is you kind of reverse the way that goals are set in reflections. Mm -hmm. That each player publicly chooses a goal for their body Mm -hmm. and tells the person who now owns the body, my goal 
Like I need to take the SATs. Yeah. And then that person has that goal. And if they succeed at it, mm-hmm. they get yeah. good dice. I, and if I they actually think I fail I, I at had, it. Hmm, that's really interesting. Like I, bond versus fracture dice. Yeah. I was thinking that you would have a series of goals and, that those, yeah. and the way that the goals are in reflections are structured by based off of which scene you're in. Yeah. I was thinking about, that you would have that, but structured by what phase of the body swap episode you're okay. in. And so you would progress through that. Yeah. Not as formulaically as in reflections, but yeah. doing it more like proposing an interest, um, proposing a goal for the body is interesting in a way that I think would work really well. If you, there's like, maybe there's sets of goals yeah. that you as a character build up at the beginning. Yeah. And, and then when you establish the scene, each person gets to choose whether or not, they are going to accept the the goal of the body or choose their own goal to work toward their own goal. Okay. And then like you're like choosing yeah. the either choosing to establish a scene or or choosing the outcome. Yeah. And in in fiasco and then everyone else decides whether or not they did that thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that seems solid. And because there's the limited number of die, like there will be some failure states and some success states. Yeah. And so if you if you go along with all of the the goals for the body early on, then yeah. you'll you'll need to fail at some of your own things later on, maybe. Which is possibly even more fun. Yeah. Because that really pushes you to prioritize yourself in some things. Yeah. Or prioritize the team and make yeah. things better. But because then- again, in most of these cases, and and in the thing that is the that is fun in 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 body swap stories or yeah. in body swap episodes of television shows is there is that sort of usually the plot that's going on. Yeah, that these people need to get their their stuff together to yeah. deal with on top of all of this mm-hmm. other problem. This is not a session one of Monster Hearts. This is yeah. a session four of Monster mm-hmm. Hearts. So I'm still working through this framework because okay. obviously I fell back. I've been I've been thinking about. The idea of a body swap game. Yeah. And I knew that I wanted it to be in the form of, of a framework that you could lay over something else that would just sort of take over parts of the game system, but would, would basically still get out of the way, but would encourage you to tell the type, this type of story. And I didn't quite know how to do that. And I yeah. fell into it backwards because I accidentally read the wrong game, <laughs> the wrong game. and then read the right game for this episode and then thought, Gee, these are two really interesting games that are similar in the perfect way to take the things that are similar about them yeah. and turn them into this body swap game. Yeah. Which is which is weird. It is, but, definitely. <laughs> but, but and you kind of had the reaction to it that I that I wanted. Okay. But I think that I think that there's something here. Yeah. And I think that having a set of a, like set up I need to work I need to watch more body swap TV show episodes. Well, this uh, almost feels like a dungeon starter. Yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah, that it just is a little bit like a module. Rules. It is like a playset yeah. for Fiasco, where it it gives you some rules. It tells you the phases. Yeah, it gives you a, it would give you a bunch of goals for the mm-hmm. different characters, or it, it would probably not give you goals, but it would ask you questions. Yeah, um, the way that like a, tra- a more traditional Powered by the Apocalypse game sort of yeah. asks you to set up your backstory. Mm-hmm. Um and would would help you would have a, a formula for helping you create what goals. What do you need to do romantically? Yeah. What do you need to do career wise? Yeah, and and then you'd set up these goals, and then you would have to play through your regular game, choosing to either work toward your goal or the other person's goal. Yeah. Um, 
and get these dice. And at the end, I guess you would roll the dice and see if you achieve probably the big, both of you have in, in, in a typical story they have, they both have a goal that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. The big one. Um, Or maybe if it's just your D and D campaign, like you have to fight the dragon. Do you successfully execute being the person well enough to fight the dragon? Yeah. Um, And then that, that role would tell you whether or not you you succeed, you learn something, and you move on. Yeah. And then trigger the the body swap back. Yeah. And then also needless to say, the body swap episode is happening on the day of a character's wedding. Yeah. Because that is that's just a classic. You gotta do that. Yeah. But there's a dragon there also if it's D D. <laughs> yeah. It's the dragon's wedding. It's a dragon. One, one of the members of your party is married. Marrying a dragon. dragon. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the weird place that I ended up okay. thinking about last night, and I didn't quite get as far into the uh, into the that writing down some of that game as yeah. I wanted to, but I'm gonna do that because now I'm really kind of inspired to work on this a little bit more. It's so funny because I assumed that what you were aiming for was taking reflections and midway through it, rolling the dice and consulting the tilt table, huh. or like using the character creation at the beginning of Fiasco to set up. Some of your, like two of your characters, mm-hmm. and no. I could see th- I could see that working. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of ways that these games are interesting together because, like, you could use the tilt for the middle of the flashbacks. So, like, you do the first two scenes, you roll your dice, you set up the tilt between the two players, and then you discard the like you know you keep those dice because they stay in your dice pool. But then you just continue, and the next part of the story has to include something from that tilt. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you couldn't use, just jumping off, jumping off of that, I wonder if you couldn't use a modified tilt-style table to build uh, reflection scenes from scratch. Like, it definitely loses oh. some stuff by not being so formulaic. Yeah. But if you had a bunch of dice from previous scenes you had played and you rolled on this tilt table to say, well, the next scene is going to be about this catastrophe. Yeah. In that, that looks like this. And then we yeah. play that scene and then you move That's on to the next scene uh, to build these things out as you go. I'm really interested in taking, I can see that also taking, I mean, <laughs> it's just, this is cause I'm, a, I'm a, I like fate a whole lot Yeah, because it is a game that helps you. It takes a very genre heavy game. Mm hmm deconstructs it and helps you build it back yeah. in a non-specific way, whichever way makes sense yeah. for you for the story that you're telling. Yeah, I can see that. And that's kind of what Fiasco does. Fiasco takes this archetypal movie and deconstructs it in a way that shows you all of its parts and yeah. then says, here, help build this back up. Yeah. By you filling in the blanks. Part of me feels like we should play Reflections, do a tilt in the middle, get to the end somehow roll the dice to make aftermath Mm. and just like record that and do that yeah i wonder if so in that case is the tilt happening in the middle in the past it's happening i think that i think if you were going to do something with the mechanics in the middle of reflections it has to happen in the past past. it can't be the story yeah um i like the idea of a 
aesthetically jumping back to the the main story, the main battle. Yeah. And cutting back to the characters circling each other, taunting each other, talking about those incidents that you just played. Yeah. uh, That are in their far past. I like it But I don't know if there's any mechanical thing you can really do there without really kind of messing stuff up. And I mean, there is also possibilities of like getting to the fourth scene and having a character lose an arm. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we did not touch on that in the four previous things. But then like, I guess then your narration as you draw closer to it would just include that. Mm-hmm. Man, Monster Hearts Body Swap episode would be terrible. That's not be amazing. <laughs> that's, that is the I mean, ideal I mean. game for I mean. it. It'd be perfect. Just such havoc. Yeah, because they, they have such wonderful what goals in that game. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to work on this more yeah. because it's, it's one of those, the games that I've been working on forever because yeah. I just, it's a weird genre of film that I love. <laughs> And I hadn't quite figured out how to do it because I think especially in, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong about this. Maybe, maybe it can be a movie Freaky Friday style where you yeah. just play super tropey characters. Um, I just sort of have imagined it being something you could do as part of your, your, because I, I like that body swap yeah. episodes just happen in TV shows sometimes yeah. <laughs> like, like I think this community ever do a body swap episode. Hold on. But like I was watching through Lost Girl again and Lost yeah. Girl does a body swap episode. And it's interesting because it makes it helps if if you need to get two characters who don't interact with each other. I mean, yes, there there is. a There's definitely I knew that there had to be one. It's um basic human anatomy. It's season four. But like the best part about uh about about like the Lost Girl. Um, Lost Girl is a weird TV show, but I, I, yeah. I enjoy it a lot. Um, but their body swap episode is also a bottle episode. <laughs> Where people are, they're they're trapped in a location, <laughs> and it basically it is. Oh, I remember this. And it, it basically boils down to the writers must have gone. Here are two characters that will never interact with each other in any other way because they hate each other. So let's first force them to stay in the same location, and then <laughs> let's body swap them to make them sort of like or body swap a bunch of people to make people uh, learn about each other because we need to get our characters back to being friends again. Supernatural had one also. Uh, that one of the main characters was swapped with like a a new, uh, just like a, I almost said a new NPC. <laughs> yeah, well, a new minor character that was just there for a single episode. Yeah, um, yeah but that's yeah. much less fun than like a legit body swap. Yeah, I mean everyone talks about a musical episode of a TV show yeah. being like the thing that everyone has to do, but I disagree. You can get away without doing a musical episode, but you gotta do a body swap. Yeah, Law and Order SVU's. <laughs> Uh, body swap episode so much better was really just much better than their musical episode yeah yeah um i think that as we remember as we both remember fondly it was iced tea swapping with i've never watched you've never watched law and order law and order you did not have a body swap episode i'm making stuff up okay (laughs) i know i'm familiar with law and order okay i just I watched I thought, it in, in the background because my roommate had it on. I thought for a moment you actually believed no. that that was a thing. And I was like, oh, no. I've accidentally deceived James. No. It was um, Ice-T and Mariska Hargitay. Yeah. Swapped bodies. Yeah. It was very good. Xena, Warrior Princess, had a body swap episode. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, she swapped bodies with, I think it was the the woman whose family she had murdered. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, who was like the main villain for the season. Okay. And uh, so that was interesting. That is. Uh, it was good times. Um. I think it was a it was a it was a trope that happened a lot more in the nineties. Yeah, in the early two yeah. thousands. Well, um, uh, mornings with Regis and Kelly had a body swap episode. <laughs> I don't believe you anymore. <laughs> I don't understand why you wouldn't. 
Um, but so, so yeah, so I like the idea that you follow these characters, yeah, and and you get to do this this thing that I think that every TV show should do and tell that story, um, but within the framework of your large story, yeah, or your I larger like it. game, and and it was just this breakthrough of reading both these games back to back and seeing here's how you can here's exactly the thing of of of, of mechanics that get out of the way until they're absolutely necessary, yeah. And I think that's an interesting way. That is usually a thing that I think about, but these mm-hmm. these two games sort of take that to an extreme. Yeah. And then, depending upon what game you're doing, you might need to play with some stats a little bit. Yeah. You might not. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, if you're playing Monster Hearts, the werewolf is probably bigger than the fae and would probably be able to, like, have higher hard. But maybe it's their animal instinct that makes them able to fight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, I know the classic D and D thing is you keep your physicals, you swap. No, keep your mentals, but you swap your physicals. But I, yeah. I don't. And and I think that I think it's more complicated than that. I think so too. Uh, and so that's where I, I need to work on that and figuring. That's where I need to just like I need to do what, <laughs> learn from John Adamus and and just watch every body swap episode just binge all of the body swap yep. episodes and learn the format because i'm sure that will tell me you know there's a tv tropes page oh. about body swaps <laughs> look i you've been i've been there it's not as great as i would like it to be okay i may need to write it oh wow um, this is a big responsibility probably not but uh it does have a good list of episodes okay um and so that's the thing i'm gonna have to 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 work on some more yeah i think i made a lot of I, this was a thing that I just like i said it's a thing that had been sitting in the background in my brain for a long time and i hadn't made any progress yeah and this was a big uh step forward cool that's awesome yeah oh dollhouse had an awesome one Oh, well, yeah, Dollhouse was primed for every ep- for well, body swap. Yeah, but I mean, like, it had a really good body swap yeah. episode. If you have some reflections about this fiasco that you'd like to share with us... <laughs> this fiasco of an episode. <laughs> join us online. We are on Twitter, and we're on it quite a lot. Yeah. I've been on it a little bit less recently. My commute yeah. to work is very bad. Yeah, I've been on a little bit less as well, because I just have to... It's just that season of the year where my work gets a little crazier, but... But we, I think we respond to just about everything. We do a pretty mm-hmm. decent job with that. We're just <laughs> Sometimes doing less I nonsense posting. And then I realized the tweet was from four days ago. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but I get there. We get there. Yeah. And yeah. so you can reach us both together at Stop, Hack, and Roll. Or you can reach me individually as at End the Meltdowns. Or me individually at Dr. Captain Cobald. Or look at pictures of my puppy yep. at Fool of a Pup. It's good. I'm really excited. Um, you can check out our website, which has all of our episodes and all of our show notes and everything, and uh, some starting to have some bits of games that we worked on, uh, mm-hmm. which is www.stophackandroll.com. Uh, you can join us on our Discord, uh, which is basically a little chat room where we talk about games, and an enormous amount of game production happens all the time. Even when we're not around. Even Yeah, like, I've been neglecting it terribly, and I, I miss it a lot, and... Uh, even so I hop on and it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, three new games have popped up. So it's just, it's just such a wonderful little community and you can reach that, uh, two different ways. One of them is tinyurlcom slash SHR discord. And the other one is discord.stopbackandroll.com. Okay. I didn't know that one. That's yeah, why discord. That's probably the more official one. It's new. Yeah. It's a little bit longer to type. But. Okay. Well, you can also email us at Brendan or James at stophackandroll.com. If you are in the Connecticut area, especially get in contact with us because I'm looking to start 
getting more involved in the Connecticut game design space. So hit us up if you're around somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we make this podcast and all of our planning for future episodes of other podcasts, which will happen eventually, um, with the support of Patreon backers like Rob Abrazado, Robert Kosick, Nick Clark, Randy Lubin, Troy Pitchelman, Riverhouse Games, Ryan, Declan Chadborn, V. Brower, Blake Ryan, Rob Harvey, and Stephen Mitchell. We really cannot express enough how much your support means to us and how much it makes it possible for us to do these things. And let me just say, I know I've said this a dozen times, but uh, Tales from the Cook is right on the horizon. I'm I'm going to do it with my cell phone and a Chromebook. Because I made a I'm, major breakthrough. You made a major breakthrough? I, I, I've been how to figure out how to do it technically. Okay. That's a show that we've been waiting on just because we couldn't figure out how to technologically record it. Yeah. And I now know how to do that. Oh, awesome. So, so let's make that happen. We need to buy some stuff because I still Ooh, don't have any cameras. Stressful. But uh, but I have all the rest of the framework for okay. how to do it. So cool. So, so we can hopefully move on that pretty soon. Yeah, I think um, we can. Oh, awesome. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be crazy and you're not going to like it, but I figured out how to do it. <laughs> well, let's figure out a way that still allows me to like cook and use my yes. kitchen. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, uh, there is also some news on the horizon about, uh, hopefully... About Luchador Tone, a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nicer version, hopefully coming out soon. We're we're still that's a little bit in the works, and Pasión de las Pasiones is chugging along towards an ash can. Um, and so, also, if you want to hear more about that, hit us up on the Discord. Yeah, or on Twitter. So, as you are standing on a battlefield, uh, at the end of your heist, face to face with the other samurai who you tried to pull off a heist with, and you swap bodies with them, don't forget to stop. Hack and roll. These are getting worse. These are getting worse. (laughs) They're getting so much worse. (laughs) When I said Rob before, I meant Eliza (laughs) Dushku. She and I played a very sad, very intimate game of Reflections while our wives were in the other room talking. I'm James. And I'm (coughs) choking. If you ever want a masterclass in how not to make television. Yeah from beginning to end is a great example (laughs) just like this is how you don't direct a television show here's how not to write a show here's how not to produce a show here's how not to advertise a show here's how not to give your writer who is maybe good at writing uh here's how to force them into writing something they're not good at and then here's how to trick them into continuing to do that after you're pretending to letting them have more freedom (laughs) 